Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. With you in the studio tonight, though, it's Ian. Beakless Mountaineer. And the Reverend Captain Kickass is here. In the world of the court system, in the world of prohibitions, there has long been a prohibition against people who might want to have some drugs, in the case uh, specifically cannabis, Yep, and also protect themselves and their family by, say, owning a gun. Right. I know this was big in, in Washington state when... You know, it was legalized, marijuana, that is. Right. That uh, if you were a medicinal patient, Mm -hmm. that you were not able to own firearms legally. Something along those lines. Yeah, that's right. There's even uh, language like that on the medicinal paperwork here in New Hampshire as well. It's like, hey, you understand you're basically giving up your right to own guns. Okay, sign here. And for people that have some sort of crazy uh, terminal illness... They're willing to do it because, well, you know, it's cannabis is the only way to take away the pain yeah. or whatever they're, you know, solve whatever the issue is. But as it turns out, a court in Oklahoma has made a pretty important ruling on this at the federal level. What happened? This was, uh, it's actually from Reuters, or Reuters, if you want to mispronounce it. Mm. Uh, the headline reads, ban on marijuana users owning guns is unconstitutional, a U.S. judge rules. Mm. A federal law prohibiting marijuana users from possessing firearms is unconstitutional. A federal judge has concluded, citing last year's U.S. Supreme Court ruling that significantly expanded gun rights. U.S. District Judge Patrick Wyrick, an appointee of former Republican Donald Trump in Oklahoma City on Friday, dismissed an indictment against a man charged in August with violating that ban, saying that it infringed on his right to bear arms under the U.S. Constitution's Second Amendment. Wow. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's powerful and that's big. Uh, I'm really glad to hear that. Huge precedent. How many decades did this take? Too many. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I feel like I've been hearing about this prohibition for at least two decades, maybe yeah. longer. I, I don't know when it came about. Uh, Wyrick said that while the government can protect the public from dangerous people possessing guns, it could not argue Jared Harrison's mere status as a user of marijuana justifies stripping him of his fundamental right to possess a firearm. Thank goodness. I mean, basically, the prohibitionist argument here is. Cannabis makes you so crazy. Yeah. You can't possibly handle a gun. Yeah, if you you got to decide whether to pick up your bag of Doritos or your firearm. And look, I'm not advocating that somebody go blaze a huge blunt and then start, you know, go to the firing range. Right. I I don't think that is probably the best uh thing to do. I don't think that's necessarily the the most sensible approach to, you know, practicing with your your gun. That said, I don't think that the possession of cannabis and the possession of a gun at the same time, meaning that you know, there's a bag of weed in your backpack and there's a gun on your hip, right. I don't think that's that should be a crime. I don't think no, that, that that is in any way putting anyone in danger at all. It would be, uh, I don't want to say the same, but I, I would liken the prohibition of owning a gun if you use marijuana uh, something akin to prohibiting you owning or using a firearm if you have a beer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look. <laughs> like, how ridiculous be... is that, right? Or insert any other substance here. If you have aspirin in your medicine cabinet, you cannot own a gun. It's so dumb. It is so ridiculous for this to even exist. The article goes on to say he said using marijuana was not in and of itself violent, forceful, or a threatening act. And noted Duh. that, and noted that Oklahoma is one of a number of states where the drug's still legal under federal law, or still illegal 
yeah. under federal law can be legally bought for medicinal uses. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, I'm surprised Oklahoma has medicinal. I've always heard they're a very conservative yeah. crackdown kind of state. I, I'm not really. I think most states have medicinal now. It is true. Yeah, yeah, I think last I heard it was like 36, and that was a couple of years ago, so maybe maybe 38 or, or more now. I don't know. Uh, Laura Deskin, a public defender representing Harrison, so this guy went to court with a public defender. And he won. This thing, wow, good for him. Said the wow. ruling was a step in the right direction for a large number of Americans who deserve the right to bear arms and protect their homes, just like anyone else. She called marijuana the most commonly used drug illegal at the federal level, of course. Uh, yeah, it's, the, a, it's still a Schedule One quote-unquote narcotic. After all these years, after all the talk, after all the political uh, posturing, by the Democrats and the Republicans in Washington, D.C., that still hasn't changed. Even after dozens of states have decriminalized and or legalized the substance for either medical or recreational use, yep. even after all the doctors, the parade of doctors and patients have yep. come out and shown beyond the shadow of a doubt yeah. that this is a medicine yeah. that it helps people oh something the natives knew already and we didn't really even have to put any thought into it's taken 200 years yeah it's still schedule one which according to the federal government means that it has no recognized medical uses that's horse hockey and it is still just sitting there how many more decades is it going to take <sighs> I- you is know, this the one? Is this the one, or is it going to happen before twenty thirty at the federal level? Well, you know how slow government works. Yeah, it's and awful. you also know that it's very, very rare yeah. that any law comes off the books, right? At any level, so there is no set process for removing laws from the books. All yeah. you can do is make more laws to negate existing laws. Well, I mean, they, right? They they do have to uh, pass a law to strike a law. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, the article continues, the decision marked the latest instance of a court declaring a gun regulation unconstitutional after the U.S. Supreme Court's 6-3 mm-hmm. conservative majority in June ruled that the Second Amendment protects a person's right to carry a handgun in public for self-defense. That ruling, New York State Rifle and Pistol uh, Association versus Bruin, announced a new test for assessing firearms laws, saying restrictions must be, quote, Consistent with this nation's historical tradition of firearm regulation, unquote. Uh, That's a BS sentence. Uh, On Thursday, the New Orleans-based 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals cited that decision in declaring unconstitutional a federal law barring people under domestic violence restraining orders from owning firearms. So, This is great news. Now, does it say anything about... I presume the Justice Department is the other side of this. It says the U.S. Justice Department of Justice did not respond to a request for comment, but is likely to appeal. That was going to be my question, is are they going to appeal it? And I hope they do, uh, because if they appeal, it means it goes up to the next level, which would be the appeals court of Mm -hmm. whatever circuit that particular Oklahoma court is in, and that will be an important ruling in that case. So kudos. Now, apparently, people, at the very least in Oklahoma, (laughs) who... uh, who use cannabis can defend themselves. The deal is now done. So when we last talked about this, it was a, a, like a subcommittee of the Democratic National Committee had made the decision to move forward with this, but it can't happen without the full Democratic National Committee voting to do this thing. That okay, I'm so it's about. worked its way up the ladder. It's in to the, party, the top so level, to and the top level has decided this is happening. What is it? They voted today to dramatically alter the top of its presidential nominating calendar for the 2024 election cycle, and presumably beyond. 
uh, but definitely for this next uh, presidential election, bumping Iowa and New Hampshire from their longtime leadoff positions, which means that New Hampshire for a very long time has been the quote-unquote first-in-the-nation primary, meaning that New Hampshire of all of the states, now some some states have the caucus, so Iowa has the caucus, mm-hmm. so Iowa's caucus actually happens before New Hampshire's primary, but then New Hampshire is the first primary. Um, and so that means that there's a lot of attention given to New Hampshire, yeah. sort of an, you know, disproportionate amount of attention given how small the state is. Yeah, that's interesting because, uh, before I moved, uh, when I mentioned where I was moving to, to some, uh, folks who are less liberty oriented than I, uh, they mentioned that they're like, oh, so you're going to meet the president when, whenever the candidates come through and that kind of thing. Cause I know yeah, they all come that, here. that they all come here, you know, and it's sort of early on in the campaign trail and that yeah. kind of thing. So this is all a part of that, right? Correct. And New Hampshire, you know, for better or for worse, I consider it to be worse. I'm glad these people are going to be leaving <laughs> from New Hampshire. We don't need them. Uh, but uh, for better or for worse, there's like uh, the mentality here is like, we're proud. We're proud of our first in the nation primary. They, they like it when the politicians come here and they glad hand and they go to the it local diner. The press, right? yeah. It gets them in the press. And and it, 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 it does allow people to, to actually reach these these individuals not that it matters not that these politicians give a damn what you think about them it's all just playing pretend the politician shows up at some uh local town hall which these are small venues right so like if you want to meet jeb bush or whoever it is that's running for office there's a good chance you'll be able to say something to him or shake his hand or something like that right. and there's just some people who get all the flutter about well the yeah for politicians. the for the small town people who you know rarely get outside of the small town that they grew up and or live in mm-hmm. uh you know for them it's their only chance for a brush with greatness oh god you know oh my gosh you know it's like uh they are not great I, people I, I mean i've been in in small towns you know when I was growing up and i remember like the old ladies flipping up because yeah. so and so got their picture in the newspaper, right? right? It's it's that, that kind stuff. of that brush with fame reaction. This is what I hate about politicians. Everybody treats them like they're Hollywood film yeah. stars. They're the worst. Right? They're I almost scum. I almost don't mind Hollywood film stars being treated like Hollywood film stars, mm-hmm. right? If they're at least talented they provide something and, of entertainment. Yeah, and, yeah. and they, but these politicians they don't do any of that, but they get the same treatment, and I don't know it's why. Disgusting. I, I really hate it. It's yeah. a flaw of humanity that needs to go away. Everybody needs to open their eyes and realize what a farce this is. Yeah, it is one of the. I mean, there's not a lot I dislike about New Hampshire. I really love being here and the the liberty movement yeah. here. But it is a, an eye roller when you go into some local diner and they've got like a whole wall covered of photographs of politicians right. that have come there. And it's just like, oh, this is That's not their claim to fame. You don't need to be proud of the fact that scum of the earth have come and eaten at your diner. Perhaps there's a, you know, a, I don't know, an entrepreneurial coder listening and like has a way to make this happen. Like, I feel like there needs to be. A platform like Patreon yeah. that does the things that something like Patreon does, but either exclusively accepts crypto or also accepts cryptocurrency in addition to USD. The problem is, um, you know, we kind of did this with the Free Talk Live AMP program for a time. For some number of years, we had a crypto option. Not yeah. many people took advantage of it, uh, but it was there yeah. and probably never should have had it because it cost a lot of money to implement it. We never... <laughs> Never even came close to well, making it back. Yeah, but, but you were on the cutting edge yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Um, so we had that, and the way it had to work was you had to prepay because you know you can't. The way crypto works generally is you can't just reach into somebody's wallet and pull crypto out. They right. have to authorize 
sending. So it's, it's completely different from credit cards. Credit card, you give somebody the number, the expiration, the CVV, and maybe the name on the card, and then they can just... You've authorized right, them right. to pull money out of your account. You can't do that it's, with cryptocurrency. It's one of the evils of, of credit cards is this automated uh, payment process out of sight, out of mind. Whereas, yeah. Well, it's whereas, also convenient. I mean, well, you say it's evil, but it is nice to have that. It depends. Right? Like, I'm not a fan of automating things coming out of my account or my card. I sure am. I don't want to have to deal with paying a bill every um, single month. There is one thing that I subscribe to. It's a VPN service mm-hmm. that I load an account with some crypto mm-hmm. and whenever that you know yearly monthly whatever it is comes due right they take money out of that account that yeah. i've preloaded so that would be a way to do this right. is what you're talking about would be you would then be giving your crypto to this company and they would hold the crypto for you and take from the crypto that yeah. you give them every single month yeah. but then you've still given them all your crypto so like what's the point of that and, uh, and i realize this wouldn't have the same impact but uh, you know, companies, uh, this is technology that exists, companies, n- name them, uh, will email you, you know, uh, your utility company, yep. like, hey, your bills do, you know, that kind of thing. So it would be easy enough for somebody you know, in this position to just go, hey, uh, time for you to pay your monthly subscription to this thing. Now, yeah. I realize not having it automated, a ton of people, aren't, ton gonna of people are, aren't gonna respond. Yeah. And But you could literally just email a QR code, be like, hey, the bills do, you know. It's a pain in the butt. I don't want to have to deal with that. And a lot of other people don't either. But anyway, that's that's something they could do if they wanted to. But it's like, what's the demand for it? I think that yeah. uh, the reason that there is as much investment by the Democratic Party in New Hampshire as there is right now is solely because it of its importance to the primary process. Yeah. And as soon as you strip that from New Hampshire, they're going to pull out all of the funding. And with the funding goes a lot of the people who are here for that purpose. Yes. And yeah, it, it's one of those, once you see the leadership in that party leaving, then a lot of the Democrats are going to go, you know, Massachusetts is right Looking there. Looking good uh, now. Here's what I have to say. Bye-bye. Don't yeah. let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Yeah. That's it exactly. Yeah, that's absolutely, I think, the takeaway from this. But let me give you a little more detail here in case you're not familiar with what has gone on. So, again, this was the full Democratic National Committee that made this decision. It had previously been a subcommittee that was uh, that was looking at this. The full committee or the full the full on thing has uh, has done this. This is a done deal. This is this is moving forward. They oh, are, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Oh, like, it, it seemed once likely. They, oh, once they announced it, I'm like, there's no chance this is stopping. Well, Biden's backing it. This is Biden's proposal. So you you go you want to go against Biden? No, the Democrats do not want to go against Biden uh, for whatever reason. And so he got what he wanted. Now, in this case, uh, the push by the DNC, according to FoxNews.com is to upend the primary calendar and give more representation at the top of the schedule to black and Hispanic voters in a party that's become increasingly diverse in recent decades has been vigorously fought by the New Hampshire Democrats, which for century has held the first primary in the race for the White House. Longtime New Hampshire Democratic Party chair Ray Buckley on the eve of the vote called the move by the DNC mind-boggling and a self-inflicted wound that would hurt the chances of Democratic candidates in 2024 in the key Northeastern general election battleground state. But they don't care about the other candidates. They only care about Joe Biden and or any other big name candidates who, uh, you know, are basically what's going to happen here is if candidates run for president in New Hampshire, they will be punished by the Democratic National Committee. 
And this story from Fox News doesn't really get into how they're planning on punishing them. I don't know if those decisions have yet been made. I don't know if those what, votes have happened. What do happened. you mean, punish? Like, how? Give me a scenario that would end up with. Some people have suggested that they may strip them of their delegates, meaning that when a, when a, a local election happens for president, yeah. so when the primary happens in any given state, yeah. the winner of that contest is awarded delegates. And these are people who go to the, the big Democratic sure. National Convention were in whatever city that happens to be held that year, and then they all vote for who their presidential candidate is going to be. So it, even though you vote for a guy in the local election for a primary, that isn't necessarily who the delegate will go and vote for. Right, right. They probably will, but in theory, the delegate could go ahead and vote for somebody else. Yeah, uh, It's kind of like the whole national electors thing. The electors are supposed to vote for what the state, the people of the state, so it sounds they like, don't have to. So it sounds like whoever wins that contest gathers a posse, basically. Yeah, <laughs> and they go to the convention and are like, "All right, you guys are going to vote for me, right?" And they go, "Yes, yes, yeah." We are. So they're going to basically say, "Look, you're just not going to have any delegates if you run in New Hampshire." Okay, they're going to strip the number of delegates. Yeah, you or can be the winner. You can, you can. We can't stop you from running. That's a state level thing. Right, so people well, and, that, and this state uh, has to have the first primary. It's by they law. They don't have to count it, though. The Democrat National Committee does not have to count it. Exactly. Correct. Correct. Uh, so the vote by the DNC's nearly 500 voting members gathered for the party's winter meeting. You want to talk about bureaucracy? A 500-member... <laughs> Wow. Uh, was the final approval needed? Biden's proposal to move South Carolina to the lead position in the Democrats' primary calendar. Under his plan, South Carolina will hold its primary February 3rd of 2024, with New Hampshire and Nevada holding their primaries three days later, followed by Georgia on February 13th, and then Michigan two weeks but later. Why oh, South that's Carolina? the dumb way to do it. Now he's just, okay, now New Hampshire has to move it to earlier than that. Like, by law, we have to have the first one. Mm, well, I don't know. I, I'm i not sure exactly what's going to happen with that. That may, I don't know if South Carolina... I guess this does mean South Carolina is going to move theirs, in which case then, yes, New Hampshire would move theirs earlier, uh, if that's true. But the thing is, the Democrats aren't going to count it. Who the hell decided that a popularity contest was a way to, you know, r- organize and run society? Like, well, what a stupid concept. How else are we going to pick the top murderer? Like, 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 would you have whoever wins American Idol be president? <laughs> well, my theory is pirates. they actually run a cleaner election and have a better voting system than the U.S. government does. I think the people that decided that this was the right system were the pirates. Because in on a pirate ship, you would have democracy because I this think, way you avoid a coup or think, in their case, a mutiny. I think somebody conned a bunch of um Low IQ'd people by going, okay, look, I, I realize that, uh, you know, just having me rule over everybody isn't fair. So what we'll do, you see, is we'll have this contest and it'll be a popularity contest. So whoever's the most popular will win and get to be your master. Well, if it was just a popularity contest, they would have let women vote from the beginning. Hmm. It's more than just a popularity contest. It's they wanted to get a basic gauge of, hey, if we were to have a civil war, who would win? So that's why it was men of fighting age with enough uh, with enough resources to have land. 
so that you had sort of a gauge of, okay, how many fighting men that can actually afford a rifle are we talking here? Well, yeah, taking a, a gauge of who might be willing to participate in some sort of a, uh, an insurrection is a far cry from let's have a popularity mm. contest to see who's the master of all of the largest empire the world has ever seen. Is it? Yes, I believe it is. I, mean, I believe those things are far apart from each other. I mean, not really. <laughs> like, if you have a... a if How are you they are, not far apart from each other? I mean, there's a few steps for sure, but they are really... They're more, they're more similar than they are different. Because if you are more popular, and that's that's one of the strange things about Trump that really riles up the establishment is that who he caters to are the the fightiest people in America. You know, the tough guys, the construction workers, the miners, you know, the truckers, the 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 people who are the most likely to actually stand their ground against a tyrannical government were the ones who he was courting the vote for. That's one of the things that upset them so much is that it was moving back in the direction of, like, hey, if we were to have a civil war, who would win? And let's check that so that we don't have to have a civil war. But it's really not that different from a popularity contest, because if you have the support of, I mean... It's a little I mean, different in no that now that we're... It's a little different when you're, when you're close to 50-50. But when you have an overwhelming popular... Like, if you are overwhelmingly more popular than the other guy, then you will definitely win a civil Well, there's war. no question that it is a popularity contest, albeit one with several stages of chicanery in between people actually deciding who they you know think is the most popular mm-hmm. or the right person. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of chicanery involved in the steps leading mm-hmm. up to the election, but... It, the system is corrupt in the fact that it doesn't allow for you to rule yourself. Well, yeah, I'm nope, not sure suggesting not. otherwise. Now, as far as the chicanery goes, I think that's why they're not so very concerned about, uh, I, I think the article uh, was talking about uh, our key uh, Northeastern uh, vote. Like, I don't think they're all that concerned about it because they'll just cheat. Like, what do you mean? I, I mean that the Democratic Party has proven that they are more effective as cheaters than the Republican Party. I don't know. Look at what happened to Ron Paul. I mean, he got cheated big time. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, the cheating's going to go on. That's just politics, that they're scum of the earth. Uh, but some of those scumbags had something to say about this. Joanne Dowdell, who is a New Hampshire committee member on the DNC's bylaws panel. Joanne Dodo? Dowdell. Oh, sorry. She said... We're frustrated because as many times as we say it, no one seems to listen when we say that this will only hurt President Biden in our purple battleground state, she said. They uh, gave I'm sorry, what? I wasn't listening. She claims I'm, it's going to only I'm hurt. She, she uh, said I say it over and over again. President Biden, yeah. Well, what she means is the, the vote that was taken uh, on the bylaws committee, New Hampshire and Iowa were the only two no votes. So everyone else voted... Yes, we want to demote Iowa. Yes, we want to demote New Hampshire. And, the, you know, she's saying she didn't feel like she was listened to. And that's because the fix is in. This is a done deal. This is mm-hmm. happening. And now it's official at the, the DNC level. No one thinks this will happen except for me. But I still think it's going to be Kamala. I think that something is going oh, to happen. he's not going to run. Yeah, I think that something is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, with his health. With his health, yeah. most likely. Uh, but he's going to have to step down as president. We'll get approximately two years of Kamala. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, she will have looked good enough that they will run her. That That's still what I think is going to happen. Because mm. 
what else is going to, who else do they have? He's going to be not old. They're, they don't want to run him again. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you see how they respond when he's saying, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to run again. They are not going to let him run. Do you think this whole like, let's search his house for documents kind of thing is a factor there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why they had the timing of it. Like they knew about this thing for quite a while, but they waited until the midterm elections were over. And it's like, okay, now it's time to turn our backs on Biden so that we can get to the next thing because we're done with what his job was. His job was to reunify us as the Democratic blue no matter who people. Okay. Job accomplished. Now we need to move on to the next thing. So let's go ahead and tear him down. The DNC is insisting that New Hampshire, in order to keep its early voting slot in the new calendar, needs to scrap a decades-old state law that protects its first-in-the-nation primary status and must expand legislation to expand access to early voting. (laughs) Good luck. But... With Republicans in control of New Hampshire's governor's office and both houses of the state legislature, the Democrats argue that that's a non-starter. So, yeah, they're they're not going to go. I along also with it. argue that. Yeah, for feeding, exactly that reason, feeding the machine of your own oppression. Yes, everybody, cast your vote for the machine that oppresses you. The Rules and Bylaws Committee last week extended until June the deadline for New Hampshire and Georgia which also has a GOP-controlled governor's office and state legislature to come in compliance with the DNC's new calendar, which is not going to happen. Sununu, who is the governor of New Hampshire, uh, and state Republicans have repeatedly slammed Biden and the DNC. Sununu, uh, Sununu has reiterated that, quote, we're going first no matter what. So, I mean, this is this is moving forward. It's going to be really interesting we'll to watch. we if we have to, by God. <laughs> It's going to be really interesting to watch to see how this uh, plays out because I think, uh, Peekless, your prediction here is going to sh- you know, prove to be correct. Basically, any serious candidates for the Democratic Party, which you know the only serious one's going to be Biden or Kamala Harris, if that's how it, mm. it ends up shaking out. And that's that was I mean, true with the Republicans, too. Not writing off the possibility that someone else is going to come out of the woodwork, but I haven't it seen it yet. It doesn't happen that way. Yeah. I mean, look at what happened with the Republicans in 2020. Trump was going to run again, Mm -hmm. and the only person to challenge him was Bill Weld. He was the only one, and he had zero chance. He got near to zero uh, votes, and it was just a complete throwaway Mm -hmm. because these—and the Democrats are even more centrally controlled. The illusion of choice. Indeed. uh, The Democrats are even more centrally controlled, more so than than even the Republicans. I mean, they're all bad. Mm -hmm. The Democrats are even worse at this. You cannot step out from the shadows in the Democratic Party and just become this dark horse candidate that's going to run uh, against the president and have a chance. You're going to be shut down, kind of like in the same way they shut down Ron Paul at a lot of those Democratic or those uh, those Republican committee meetings or whatever. They're going to do the same thing here if these people even try to step forward. If Vermin Supreme really wants a chance at winning the Democratic primary in New Hampshire, this 2024 is going to be the year. Now, I did check his Twitter account. I wanted to see if he'd already weighed in on this. It does not appear that he has yet commented on uh, what's going to happen. At Vermin Supreme, for those that don't know, that's the guy that wears the boot on his head. The boot to the head. When he runs for president. <laughs> He's a brilliant satirist. He, uh, love his stuff. Yeah, he he's constantly just satirizing the whole political process, and he has been known for changing parties over the years. He's run as a Republican. He's run as a Democrat. And I do want my pony. And he's done it more than once. You're referring to his promise that everyone get a free pony if, yes. uh, if he but, gets elected. But is it worth making it illegal not to brush your teeth? 
This is something I'll have to weigh carefully. <laughs> Cleanliness is close to godliness, after all. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, I, I hope somebody's going to be able to to get Berman to weigh in here on what his plan is for 2024, because I know he most recently ran as a libertarian in the Libertarian Party's primary, which is an internal party thing. It doesn't there's no vote at the national level or anything like that. Uh, they just do it at their convention. He didn't win. I think he ended up getting third place or something like that. So, like, you know, like, Vermin, I mean, it was cool that you ran for the Libertarians, but I think it's time to go back into the Democratic Party and and possibly walk away with a victory <laughs> here in New Hampshire. Because he doesn't do terribly in New Hampshire. Like, I think he's hit third place or, or something like that uh, in the New Hampshire primaries, uh, 34th place against, like, actual scumbag politicians. And most of the real scum... Uh, the you know they're not going to run in New Hampshire because they will be sanctioned by the Democratic National Committee if they do. It's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out. And the, you have to remember that the reason that people focus – well, that the uh, political parties focus so much on New Hampshire is because it sets the tone for the rest of the primary season. Yeah. So – if he does take the Democratic uh, national uh, primary here in New Hampshire, he has a better chance of making a better showing throughout the country. And You, know, you mean Vermin does? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, at this point, there is such a deep dissatisfaction with government. You might see extraordinary people, numbers of people turn out throughout the country because he, he would get the, the news story going and people would, would chuckle at it and actually show up just to give their little middle finger to the establishment. And then all of a sudden he's actually, you know, cracking 5%. How many other ballots does Vermin Supreme actually end up getting on? You know, I've never actually followed know. his after he uh, go, does his thing in New Hampshire. I kind of lose track of him. Because he's not yeah. hanging around here anymore. Yeah, or I see some you know memes and some video snippets of him you know during elections, and then he just kind of falls off my radar for a while. It's not easy though to get on ballots generally. New Hampshire's mm. unusual because it's pretty easy to do here. I don't know what the fee is for president, but I know to become a governor candidate, it's a hundred bucks. Right. You file a hundred bucks if you're a Republican or a Democrat, and you get on the ballot for governor. I'm like it's super easy. There's a bill in this year that's proposing to increase that, by the way, to like ten thousand dollars. It's insane. Well, Hopefully, you wouldn't want a poor president. No, they I'm might talking about governor. People. I'm talking about governor. Uh, uh, which wow. would be same, insane. Philosophy. Is this nobody? This is nobody. Nobody. You're on the air. What's on your mind? Well, there's an anti-war rally coming, or <laughs> supposedly anti-war rally coming. We were just talking and about And there's this. a gentleman named Scott Ritter, mm-hmm. who, uh, has, who is a featured speaker at this thing. And he was invited to be the featured speaker. Then he was disinvited because he has a... Uh, a history of uh, being accused of uh, child abuse. Oh. And so I was in the process of trying to figure out whether this was a government frame job mm-hmm. or if he really was a problem. It didn't occur to me to find out if he was anti-war uh, because I just assumed that he had been vetted. But I found a uh, Justin Amash retweeted one of his tweets and i'd like to read it to you on on the air um his scott ritter says i don't claim to be anti-war never did 
There are rabid dogs out there, and we need Atticus Finches to shoot them. That's a reference to the uh, Gregory Peck character in To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, who does shoot a rabid dog during it. He continues to say, I do, however, object to the senseless shooting of healthy dogs. Ukraine is a rabid dog. Russia is Atticus Finch. Thus ends my lesson. Now, I'm all about not robbing the American people to pay for the defense of the Ukraine or any other foreign country under any circumstances. But anti-war is not pro-Russia, and mm-hmm. pro-Russia is not anti-war. So I'm going to, uh, I just want to make my preference clear that this man be disinvited from speaking at any yeah. anti-war rally. Um, and if they can't have the rally without him, just don't have it. I don't see why they wouldn't be able to have the rally without one speaker. This is supposed to be a, a big event. And it's interesting that you brought it up, nobody, because uh, Peakless Mountaineer had come in tonight prepared to talk about this. Are you referring to the Rage Against the War Machine rally coming up on February 19th? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I presume they're going to have a whole lineup of speakers. I have not looked you know, in detail at this particular event, but this one guy, I don't think is going to be the, the linchpin or anything. Uh, Ritter is still on the list of well, speakers, uh, which is uh, unfortunate because they have a lot of really great speakers for this thing. Yeah, They do have some great speakers. Um, the problem is that some speakers, for whatever reason, uh, said that they would not participate without uh, this Ritter character. Um, I don't know which speakers said that, but apparently it was a a large enough number that his disinvitation was rescinded. Oh, wow. Oh, well, what are you going to do? You know, we're not in charge of the things. Well, so. well I'm going to call in to free talk live and bitch about it. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I mean, you're not going. I mean, I wouldn't want to go down to D.C. for any uh, any reason whatsoever. I, I wish those people the best. I hope it. I hope they have a great turnout and everything like that. But man, it's being in the belly of the beast, waving signs, and then you know just poking those those people down there. I've, I've no interest in showing up there. So I am looking here at the organizers of this event, and surprisingly, the Libertarian Party is listed as the top organizer wow. of this event. Their co-organizer, however, is the People's Party, which I have never heard of before. Um, I have been watching that one uh, from uh, uh, Jimmy Doors, who I've heard that that one from. Okay. So yeah, basically, they've seen how the 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 Democratic and Green parties have completely turned their back on all of the reasonable positions that mm. the left has, has had, such as being against war. I'll, we'll look. Dig, uh, I'm going to dig a little deeper into the People's Party, but mm-hmm. let's hear the reasons. What are they saying uh, at this event? Uh, what do they want? What are their demands at the Rage Against War Machine? Yep. Demand number two: negotiate peace. Which great idea? Yeah. Because wow, so many. It, it's been what diplomacy? Do politicians don't do that? Yeah, it's been wild to see. Like, the, so the people actually in a position to talk about whether they will talk about peace are like, unless you meet these demands, I will not even discuss the issue. Mm-hmm. When they are obviously the demands that you know are absolute deal breakers for the other side. Whereas, like. I hate to point this out, but I'm on the same side as Henry friggin' Kissinger on this one. There are so many people uh, on the outside of this, they're like, hey, hey, guys, guys, let's not destroy the world while we're doing the grift, eh? <sighs> like, yeah, negotiate for peace. 
And one of the most disappointing things about this is that Switzerland, which would be positioned ideally to do this, has already picked a side and yeah. made, and pulled themselves out of the out of the running for it. Sad. Yeah, incredibly After sad. After how many decades of being neutral? After uh, they they were the they were a great exception to the rest of Europe in all of its foibles. Right. Like they 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 were neutral. They had sound money until the nineties. Yeah. They were the last holdout on on not having a fiat currency system. And how the mighty have fallen. Look at you now. The time where we needed you to save the world, and you've become just as corrupt as all the yeah. ones around you. Surprise. Yeah. So yeah, number two, uh, negotiate peace. Number three, stop the war inflation. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think we can all agree Good on idea. that one. Let's stop all the inflation while we're at it. Uh, again, yeah. yeah, it would be better to stop all the wars. It would be better to stop all the inflation. But at least we can all kind of agree on this one, right, guys? Can, can we so. agree on this I'm, right here? I'm we can. Yeah, here we uh, can. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I I know I've got the the libertarians and voluntarists, but like. Hey, we can we can get all of the other halfway reasonable people to go. Yeah, this is nonsense right here. Right. Yeah. How, how many more uh, you know dollars on top of the price of eggs are you willing to pay to drop more bombs uh, you know in Russia or Ukraine? Yeah. Right? None. Zero. Zero. Yeah. I'm not willing to do any of it. Yep. Now at this point, I will say that it starts getting like. Kind of reach for the starsy, in my opinion. Like, uh, okay. Let's do it. I mean, go all the way. Ask for the best that you can get. Number four, disband NATO. Hell yeah. I'm I'm all for it. It would be nice. I think you're starting to reach here, but... The the existence of this thing that it founded because of the uh, the USSR. Okay, that was its job. And they're gone. That was its job. There's no more USSR. Okay, shut it it down, guys. And, like, you could have, like, you could have kept it together and not had this massive war, just powder keg waiting to explode if you had just accepted Russia when they asked you for membership. Go ahead, Bad Slave. I want to just say that um, my knowledge of uh, Scott Ritter uh, is wasn't he like a UN envoy uh, that worked on you know eliminating nuclear uh, you know weapons? Yeah, good memory, uh, bad slave. I did not remember the name when I first heard it, but once uh, I looked at the speakers list here at RageAgainstWar.com, it says he is a former. U.S. Marine Corps intelligence officer and U.N. weapons inspector, and that's where I—that's where I've heard his name in the past—is in reference to the U.N. weapons inspecting job that he had. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that doesn't sound terrible. I don't. You know, I. I and I can't. The the minute that uh, that some federal entity is claiming. Uh, you know, uh, uh, child porn or whatever. You know, I think that they're full of crapola. But, oh, is that uh, what they're saying about him? Well, isn't that what? Uh, isn't that what nobody? Uh, child abuse is uh, is what he was saying. Well, okay, child abuse. Uh, yeah, uh, that that. So so has he so been convicted of this, not- or has he been accused of it? Well, you know, that that's the thing, is that uh, accusations come cheap. Look at what mm-hmm. happened to you. 
Sure. Yep. You know, I I just um, I I don't trust anything that that comes from D.C. Uh, or or the the you know uh, the attorney general or uh, uh, you know FBI, CIA, all of those people are 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 raging liars. Well, doesn't Scott Ritter come from D.C.? I, I don't know. I don't know what he's been up to in the last, God, how many decades? I, I hmm. to be honest with you, do, do you do we have any kind of run up of his? Uh, According to activity? Wikipedia, he was investigated in two thousand and one and two thousand and nine in regards to ostensible sex crimes, quote unquote. The Guardian. Uh, posted something in 2011. Former UN weapons inspector found guilty in online sex case. Scott Ritter, chief inspector in Iraq in the 90s. Yeah, apparently he attempted in, they alleged in 2001, he attempted to set up a meeting with an undercover police officer posing as a 16 year old girl. And yeah, was... see, I, I don't believe any of that stuff because they, you know, that you, you, you know, get on the web and somebody's pretending to be uh you know a teenager and uh, you know the next thing you 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 know why would you not assume that it was a cop <laughs> well apparently he was uh convicted oh he rejected a plea bargain in the 2011 case it yeah. looks like jury convicted him of six charges and got convicted served a sentence of one and a half to five and a half years in prison yeah well they took they just convicted uh, Ian, true, didn't they? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, juries will convict uh, you know, a ham sandwich. All right, next one. Abolish the CIA and military-industrial deep state. Yeah, all right. They are oh, digging deep that, here. That's that good. is just impossible, but I appreciate the effort. Like, am, as far as I can tell, the CIA runs everything. Mm -hmm. I am just flattered that they used the word abolish in any of these demands. Yeah, that's a good mm. point. I, that is great. That is fantastic that the word abolish is coming up in, you know, some sort of a national discourse about mm -hmm. ending war. Yep. Yes, please. Let us abolish. The more abolishment of mm -hmm. the organization, even the pieces of the organization of government, uh, the better humanity will become. Yeah, absolutely. The and CIA and deep state are an unelected permanent government of intelligence agencies that run our country outside of constitutional and democratic control. They surveil Americans, manipulate the media, curtail free speech, blackmail politicians, infiltrate activist organizations, torture people, overthrow governments, and assassinated President John F. Kennedy. Abolish the CIA and deep state and restore a government of, by, and for the people. That last part's never going to happen. But, uh, well, you they're know. assuming that there, first of all, ever was a government that yeah. was of, for, and by the people to restore. There wasn't. Yeah. Well, I... I think that if you clarify your goals like that, it's the first step in actually achieving them. Yeah, it's true. You do have to ask for what you want. Yeah, mm -hmm. you got to put it out there mm -hmm. into the universe. Well, and and that's the thing. Where like, so first off, I'd like to point out that that's all the things that we know about the CIA. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. We now we know for a fact that what we don't know about them is way more than what we do know about Probably them. Probably way what worse. We do know about them includes oh you you wanted to stop us well we're you're what the president of the united states 
Okay, well, we'll just get uh, we'll get big oil to pay the mafia to take you out. Sure, easy peasy. So, like this idea that we have a, a an elected government, it's patently absurd. Hasn't it's been that illusion. way in my lifetime and long before it. Well, they have elections. They do, but they choose who runs in the elections. Yeah, yeah, yep. And right. e- and if they step out of line, pop goes your head. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, they have all the information they need on Joe Biden. Right. Oh, yeah. Now and it's probably a lot uglier than what oh, Hunter has yeah. been caught doing. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's this is the stuff we know about. Mm-hmm. This is what they slipped up. Now, what they slipped up about is oh my god, so dirty. Mm-hmm. And and one of the reasons that all of this is happening is that our entire political apparatus has uh, has Ukraine as its money launderer. So like all of these corrupt deals, at some point or another, they are going to step foot in Ukraine. So they can't have the information coming out about what happens in Ukraine because it implicates everyone in America who is currently in power. So if Russia were to somehow take over Ukraine completely and get access to all these files, they would release all of the dirt on everyone who's in power in America. So that's why it's so uh, important to them. Yeah, I mean, the the parts that we know about are things like uh, Burisma hiring Hunter Biden. I think not so much from his crackhead expertise. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, things like... Um, you know, when Biden brags about the fact that uh, he got the inspector fired, uh, I mean, these are the things that we know, uh, the the, the uh, gain of function research that they're doing in their bio labs. These are the things that we know is happening in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. How would one know if their government is run of, for, and by the people? Uh, well, I mean, you could argue that at least in New Hampshire, you can look at the state representatives and you can see that they're pretty much your, your neighbors. I mean, that that's, that's pretty verifiable. Okay. So there's so 400 that, of them here. That's getting close to what I'm sort of working towards, yeah. which is 100% transparency. Like sure. I, yeah. you, anybody who is, uh, you know, we'll call them a citizen, whatever you want to call of whatever this you know, of and for and by the people government is, should be able to scrutinize the government at any level they wish. They should be mm-hmm. looking, yeah. they should be able to look into all of their no records. Secrets. Right. There should be zero secrets about anything ever, period. The fact that that is not the case right now should be highly illustrative to you, the listener. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, okay, this company is run by this guy. Well, how do we know? Well, he gets all the information about what they're doing. And then when he tells them to do stuff, they do it. Yeah. Also, there would be a mechanism for us to get rid of underperforming uh, either uh, people, like whoever's in charge, or complete units of government, uh, complete departments, all that kind of stuff. There'd be mechanisms for that. Uh, let's see. What else would there be? Oh, there would be a, you'd be able to opt out. Yeah. You'd be able to be like, I, I choose not to participate. And that you'd would be, be able a to do so. Change, yeah. right? So the fact that these things don't exist should bother you. Mm-hmm. So when you have a government that is as big and as powerful as the United States, you will either be subject to their laws directly because you were born in their their claimed spots of land, or you'll be subject to their disastrous foreign policy. Yeah. So they might just send a drone up your left nostril because they feel like it. Yeah. Because you weren't born on the right spot of land.
And this is the uh, the the genesis of of immigration, other than people just wanting to move to different places, right? For whatever reasons, right? Outside of, but like governments are uh, forcing people to flee their homes because of their policies, whether it's people in the U.S. fleeing because of the policies or people from other countries fleeing to the U.S. because of their government policies. Mm-hmm. Governments are at the root of this type of a thing, and it's not until these organizations are eliminated that we mm-hmm. can have peaceful and voluntary cooperation with people around the globe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people will talk about, well, if you, if the military wasn't there, then you'd be speaking Chinese. Do you want to do you want to be obeying? Uh, do you want to be obeying China? And I thought about this for a second. What I realized, very simply, is that the U.S. is China driving the speed limit in just the same mm. way as the Republicans or the Democrats driving the speed limit. Like it's all going in the same direction, sure. yep. just at different rates, and that's that's absurd. I want to go in the exact opposite direction. So it doesn't matter to me if the guy who wants to get there fast or the guy who wants to get there slow is telling me what to do. I'm not going to do what you tell me because I'm going the other way, guys. Indeed. Number eight on the list of demands from Rage Against the War Machine. Abolish war and empire. We get two abolishes? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's a I'm, big one. I'm liking number eight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there goes your criticism of number one, right? <laughs> what was the full thing? Huh? What, what was, was the number uh, eight? Yeah, uh, oh, abolish can, war in it. Oh, the uh, the paragraph it. under it. So it's war and empire subjugate billions of people around the world to enrich a small group of elites. In just the past two decades, the U.S. has waged and backed wars in Iraq, Afghanistan, Libya, Syria, Palestine, Yemen, Ukraine, and other countries. End all U.S. wars and regime change. Stop all military aid to other countries. And drone strikes. Close all U.S. military bases abroad. That's a big one, the Libertarians. Yes. Libertarians, Ron Paul, they've been advocating for that for decades. Uh, bring all U.S. troops home. And if you, by the way, if you do that, you can easily slash the military budget by half, which oh, yeah. is their other proposal uh, earlier. Bring the troops home. Build a world that guarantees every person freedom from war and empire in place of the collapsing U.S. hegemonic world order. Big proposal. Absolute Huge. support. Well too. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm really glad that the Libertarian Party is. I, I was just. I thought, oh yeah, there's just one of you know a dozen organizations. No, they're one of the two leading organizations mm-hmm. behind this particular event. So kudos to them. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Oh, yes, uh, I want to bring the uh, the speed lead and coal. There was a big wreck on coal, and they're always speeding. Uh, so they actually knocked a side of uh, an apartment complex. They look like it's demolished, like, whole side of the bedroom. So, and Oof. they, uh, so this is a one way, and they think that it's a freeway, just because it's two street lanes going one way. Mm-hmm. And um, so they've done this before. They knocked out houses, walls on these streets before. And the... Uh, are you with me? And this is yeah, we're right here. You're going to tell me that cameras are going to solve this problem? Well, because they go out there and saw it off in broad daylight. I, I don't know how that's going to help either. They sawed off the cameras in broad daylight? Yeah, but well, somebody filmed it. Um, yeah, they, they that's had pretty a camera awesome. on the lead and coal, feeding cameras. And, um, Wait, so did Sarah do this? No, she feet. supports the cameras. Oh. No, she's saying some people sawed off the cameras, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, kudos to them. Saw, hacksaw. 
Cool. Balls. Yeah, How do you know? Did you go out and see Can them? I donate to these guys? Well, you know what? I mean, somebody, was, I was listening to the Colin show, the local KKOB, and and then she said, I saw a guy sawing off a, red, uh, a, speed, a camera. She called in. That's like, like Cool Hand Luke level stuff, right? Yeah, that's... All right, so Sarah, so, what do you think about know, war? I, I, do you think we should uh, end the war mongering and the uh, the occupation of the dozens, if not hundreds, of, of countries around the world? Or do you like war? Well, I mean, it it makes sense, you know. And then what I does? have a thing about Taiwan. What makes and, sense? Uh, what's it? Tibet. That it always belongs to China. I, I have no idea what they're talking about. They want to be independent. That's completely absurd. Like Hong Kong, Taiwan, you can't and leave Tibet the communists. To China. <laughs> why, why can't people be independent if they want to? Well, that, it's like you guys saying that you're going to be independent. I already am independent. So, so I mean, it's just it's just uh, it's part of like colonization. It's like trying to take over somebody's property, taking take taking over China's property by that by doing that. And I, so, no wonder why wow. I, I own my own mental gymnastics right there. So by getting free of a government, I am stealing what is rightfully theirs. Well, the thing is that it's uh, okay. It's like somebody moving into your backyard and pitching a tent and said, that's my property. It's kind of like the same thing. That's how China feels when Tibet. China doesn't have feelings. You know, China's a a nation state. It is a concept. That's too complicated to think about, Ian. It doesn't have feelings. The people of Taiwan have feelings. Those people there who were born there, who go back for generations there, have feelings about being dominated by the Chinese government people. I'm sorry, Ian. I can't talk about this right now because China's sad. (laughs) (laughs) But Sarah, did you say you're against war or you're for it? Because I'm not really clear. So I, I I am against war, and uh, I think that United States are the uh, the aggressors. You know how they always say that everybody else is a terrorist. Mm-hmm. But I've known that U.S. government and the the mil- the military they're the were the real terrorists. I agree wow. with you. I agree with you on that. Why can't you say the same thing about the Chinese government? Well, because as far as I'm concerned, they're terrorizing China by doing that. You didn't answer my question. Why? If you, I I agree with you that the U.S. government are terrorists. Okay, the U.S. military is engaging in terroristic activity all around the planet. Why can't you see that that is also true of Chinese government military when it comes to Taiwan? I don't buy that. I don't. There's a couple of people like the maybe capitalists that want to join the capitalist system. I I think most of the people want to belong to China. I think it's all propaganda. So it's okay the if US the Chinese military uses bombs and tanks to force the people of Taiwan into their system. That's that's not war to you because you said you were anti-war just a few moments ago. Right, I'm anti-war, but. That's to me. That's but. invading China. You know what I mean? It's just a couple of people. A couple Who's of, invading uh, China? The U.S. capitalist government that want to talking about with that. The Taiwanese. I don't, we're me, not talking about like, that. We're like talking the, about the the question of should Taiwan be free to do what they want. 
we actually have, I believe, Jerome is with us here from South Carolina. Jerome, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey, is, is Rupert Murdoch senile? I don't know. I know he's like in what, 70s, 80s, I've never met him. Senile? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> well, I've never met Biden, but I can tell you he's senile. I've never even seen Rupert Murdoch speak before. I mean, I know he's like the Fox News guy or whatever. He owns Fox. The, the only thing I'd say about Rupert Murdoch is what a name. Right? Who the heck is named Rupert, Rupert. Murdoch? Some that's, rich guy. Yeah, that's you who. Know, like, what about him, Jerome? Well, why do you why are you calling about him? Well, he's gonna pay Tom Brady three hundred seventy five million just to talk about football. You know. And what? then I just watched I saw something else where his ex wife, Jerry Hall, he was mad to her for like about five minutes, I guess. Yeah, this Big isn't Jack sports center, Jerome. Come on. Huh? Well, what's he hiring Big Tom Jack Brady is, to do exactly? He's gonna be a t- T V host talk or something? About football, as a as a football analyst. You didn't know about that? No, dude, I don't pay any well, attention to sports well, news. So, so the thing is, though, you have to understand exactly how beloved Tom Brady is. Mm. There are people who will tour. All right. Well, look. I mean, it's apparently it's a. Yeah. I, I just looked it up. It's a ten-year deal, so it's thirty-seven and a half. You know, thirty-seven and a half million per year, which is still, you know, that's still a lot, but it's not as big I, as you thought it was. But like, right? I mean, oh, going geez. out and hiring somebody with vast experience in the subject in which they want this guy to talk about, it'd be like hi- hiring. Family? It'd be like hiring Michael Jordan to talk about basketball. Hey, like, of course, you you're going to do that. Family? What? Did you grow up in a rich no, family? I did not. No, I, so I was dirt poor. Why don't you poor. think three hundred seventy-five million dollars is a lot of money? It and is I a lot of money. I'm saying it's not. I just told you that it's a ten-year deal, so it's only thirty-seven point five million, which is still a lot of money. But it's not out of the you know the realm well, of Jerome, what they pay these people. Let, let, let me explain to you what goes into the thinking on whether or not you hire someone for an enormous sum like this. So they do a calculation on how much they're going to get from having him, how much they're going to get from advertisers, from people watching Tom Brady. So they 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 do their best guess on like, okay, Tom Brady is a beloved figure. How many eyeballs are we going to get on this show because we have him as a speaker for it? And they make sure that that is more than they're giving him. I'm still not buying it. Hey, by the way, here's what you do, you uh, uh, Jerome. Before you go on, here's what you do. If you're not buying it, don't watch Fox. <laughs> yeah. okay. Don't watch Tom Brady. You have the choice. You got to hey, do. But, Turn off your TV. Hey, not only that, he's paying Mick Jagger's ex old lady Jerry Hall, who he was married to for like about five minutes. I just looked up to the divorce settlement. Why, why does know? this have any it's meaning at all to you, Jerome? Three hundred and five million dollars. These, these people have no effect on your life whatsoever. <laughs> I know that. I, I didn't know, know this person existed until you just said it, and I still don't care. Just as an example, according to NYPost.com, which I believe is Rupert Murdoch owned, uh, it does point out here that ESPN apparently did purchase, or maybe it was Fox, they did yeah, pay for Fox. this other guy named Joe Buck, who I've never heard of before. Oh, he's half of Buckman. Yeah, That's Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Buck yeah. was uh, $33.5 million per year. So yeah, like thirty seven yeah. million up from thirty three million. I mean, this is yeah. just this is like an inflation adjustment, basically. I mean, this is you know this yeah. is par for the course for getting a big star to sit in front of a camera for ten years. You know, the next ten years of his life. This is a huge commitment. Yeah, I mean, this is a celebrity. Yeah. He gets paid millions of dollars. This can't be new to you, Jerome. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes. Subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more 
all for free at freetalklive.com.